Have a test now, please. Yeah, it's fine. What are you going to do now, wizard? Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom. As one half of the Omcast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hi. This week, we're reviewing the newly released Joker, directed by Todd Phillips and starring Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro and Zazie Beetz. Yeah. Zazie Beetz, which is not the name of a band. That is a person. Um, yeah, so it's Joker. It's been um, highly anticipated, I think is is fair to say. Um, and this is the... It's the big buzz film of this year. It absolutely. Is, but it's been, really but like... for a long time coming, it's been you know, when they talked about there being a dedicated film for the Joker. And then, then when they cast Whack in Phoenix and then all the things that have led up to it, it's yeah. been really like hotly anticipated. And now it's coming off the back of having done really well at the festivals and everyone's talking about it. And there's lots of controversy and, and sort of it's considered a dangerous film. Um, and it's out. And... Yeah. Wow. Well, it certainly came out, and it certainly happened, and it's certainly divisive. Yeah. I mean, what? So, what do you? Because we haven't spoken. We do our yeah. usual okay. thing. We just yeah. came out saying we haven't said anything. What do you think? Uh. Okay. So I think the film itself, technically, is excellent. Yeah. Like it's fucking stellar. Yeah. The way that it's made, the way that it's shot, the way that it's scored, the way that it's written is amazing. I think the message is a little troublesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's... There is a big conflict in my mind about this film. Yeah, I'm, because, I'm torn up. I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> mm, because, I mean, principally, I mean... Yeah, what 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 do you think? I think, I like I say, I think, like you said, it's a very, very well-made film. Yeah, it's well acted, well directed, well written, mm-hmm. um, and there are times when I can just see like people who go to see it being a bit sort of put off by it because it's so sort of art house. Like there's pieces where he's like doing interpretive dance at one yeah. point, and it's like this isn't it. But for me, I think my biggest sort of issue with it, I guess, is that it doesn't need to be a comic book movie. No, there's absolutely no need for it to be Joker and. Gotham and no. the Wayne family and all that. That's just window dressing. It's, it's it, not even that. It's a sticker on the front of the box. That's that's my point. Is But at the same point, there's like an almost a meta level to it that is like the only way people will go out to see a movie like this is if you make it a comic book movie. And people have gone out in droves. It's making a massive oh, yeah. amount of money. And it's because they've put Whacking Phoenix in his Joker makeup on the front of the poster and they've called it Joker and they've made it the Joker, as opposed to just an art house movie about a man losing his mind. Yeah. And like, I'm reminded again of like, we watched it, it was last year, Whacking Phoenix, you were never really here. Yeah. Great film. Great, Great film. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, quite similar. It was about a killer with a, with a derate, you know, a mental disorder and played by Whacking Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And it has moments in it where it goes off into fantasy, what's going on in his own head. It's very, very similar, but no one went out to see it. It was, no, it was just Amazon Prime original. Yeah, exactly. It? Or it was a Prime original, or it was just, it wasn't talked about, and that was it. Whereas this will be talked about, and will be debated, and will make a load of money, and will it already has. It's well, already yeah. smashed records. But that's what for I mean. Being like so the I... biggest opening of an R-rated film in however ever. many years. Or... Yeah, but I almost feel like 
that, like I say, that's that's interesting in and of itself. Um, yeah, it's. I think so. So to get into the plot very briefly, mm. it essentially, as we've said, it's it's a man who Unraveling. is. Yeah, unraveling. He tries to make it as a stand-up comedian and sort of things go from there. It's about this really troubled life that he has. Mm. It's about um, this sort of familial relationship that he has with his mother and about how he's the primary carer, but you can tell that he's sort of... Things are starting to fall apart around him gradually and it's about it sort of all starts to build up until like one bad day. Yeah. Which causes him to snap and proceed into this new world of yeah. what he does. Um, I think the trailer doesn't do a great job. No. I think the trailer shows you what you would kind of expect to see. Yeah, I think, well, it isn't like in terms of, if you're going to see someone in full Joker makeup be the Joker, you're going to be slightly disappointed, I feel, yeah. because he's only the Joker in that makeup as the Joker in the last... 20 minutes of the movie yeah maybe if that like there's the bit early on which you'll probably see in the trailer and then there's about yeah the last but that that 20 minutes when he's got the purple suit and the whole because i remember that was like a big reveal in that first trailer yeah when you had him and it was like the big dramatic music as he's walking down the corridor and with the flowers in his hand and you're like oh shit he's coming but that's like the climax of the movie there isn't much of the actual joker in this he's playing arthur fleck Mm-hmm. And that's kind of another issue I have with it. Like, because I was expecting it for us to be talking tonight about comparing Whacking Phoenix's Joker to the previous Jokers. Yeah. Talking about Jack, Nich- Jack Nicholson. And immediately I feel like that conversation is redundant. Yeah, it's Because totally he's different. not the Joker. No. Much as it, he's, he's a crazy man who paints his face as a clown. Yeah. That's where the similarities kind of end. Like, yeah. his philosophy isn't the same, his motivations aren't the same. He's just, it, you know what I mean? Like, everything about him is different. Mm-hmm. And there are elements that they do take from the comics and from the source material, like him being a stand-up comedian, that's from the killing joke, the whole idea of him being, having this spontaneous laughing thing. Like, that's something that I feel like probably originated somewhere in a, in a comic book. Or uh, it's similar, like, the Richter's grin is kind of a, is a similar thing, yeah. where it was like... So it's always, like, the Joker has always had the sort of the perpetual smile. Yeah. And sort of the shark's tooth smile. Yeah. But at the same time, it's there's so much in the comic books around it yeah. that it's difficult to pen it down. Like there are like the the clear observation there is the he's a failed comedian. Yeah. That's the biggest. But at the same time they they touch on it very lightly. Like, this film is borrowed so much from yeah. so many other things. And that's what I think it does in terms of the, the comic book aspects of it, it's a great Elseworlds story. Yeah. Or a what if. Yeah. And it is it's exactly that. It's the it's the Joker in a in this particular world and with these particular circumstances, this is what would happen. And if because it, not to spoil things too much, but the Wayne family does factor into this. Yeah. And the way they're portrayed and the the timeline, shall we say, mm. in terms of the ages of all the different characters, happens in this particular way. But it's like I say, Elseworlds. It's an alternate reality where yeah. this can happen. Um, but that parts of that kind of bugged me. But I think we'll get to that after after the spoilers. Yeah, I think so. I mean, so there is again, like going going to the trailer on this. Like there is so much in the trailer that is 
would lead you to believe that this is a totally different sort of ball game. Yeah. But I think I think that both works to its strength and weakness. Yeah. Because I think people will go and see this, like you say, expecting a Joker supervillain origin film. Yeah. And there is kind of that. And it kind of is, but at the same time, it's vastly different. Yeah, but like, again, if you're comparing, if people are going to go in expecting it to be kind of like a superhero origin film in that mm. sense, in that the hero suits up and becomes the hero at the end of the first act. Yeah. And so, you know, think of Captain America, the, fir- the first Avenger. Yeah. The transformation scene comes after about 40 minutes worth of film. Mm-hmm. And Iron Man suits up in the red armor, you know, midway through the movie. And then you know fights and cool stuff ensues whereas this the suit up moment and the moment when he fully transforms and becomes the joker is about is right at the end a third of the way and even then right i was expecting that because i was really impressed with the marketing up to this point that we hadn't seen him as the joker that much yeah i was like oh my god it's like they're they're hiding it's all behind the curtain we haven't seen like what's his voice going to be like what's his mood and it's like nothing really he's not not that he's not putting a performance in because he is and he's fucking amazing The way Joaquin Phoenix is, is categorically fucking phenomenal in this movie. Yeah. Like, that cannot be denied, no matter what you think about yeah. the movie. But he's like, yeah, there's not a ma- it's not like there's a massive turn between Arthur and then he becomes the Joker and mm-hmm. he's something else. He's he's fairly like it's gradual. Yeah, it's modular. And that's again, that's something that I think. Like, I don't think we should. I know we've literally only been recording for about ten minutes. Yeah, but there is so little else that I want to get into without without spoiling sort of, it sort of yeah, touching into spoiler territory it's here crazy, isn't it? um, because I would uh, it's, it, it's like, tough like I would recommend this film but I wouldn't recommend this film for anybody and this isn't this isn't me, me sort of laying an attack on anywhere I don't think this film is suitable for anyone with any sort of mental imbalance or, and I don't think anyone but that what, how is do you defi- how do you define mental imbalance if, I think if anybody is struggling to find their place in the world and mm. would see this film because the the problem that I've got that I'll get into in a bit is that I would recommend this film, but purely from a cinematic perspective, I don't think there are appropriate messages to take from this film. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. And I think that's part of like the controversy that's going around at the moment, like hearing about sort of Joaquin Phoenix is being like, like storming out of, interviews and mm. just walking about away from people when they have like these questions yeah. and he's like nope just gets up and goes yeah i would recommend this film from a technical standpoint but i wouldn't but like i, I think yeah. it's quite it does lay some quite troubling messages because of what it seems to celebrate mm. yeah no i i agree i don't know if yeah it's hard to because where what where do you define someone with a mental imbalance? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Where, where I think that if there? somebody because... is going to be if somebody is heavily it spends their life and they're easily influenced by films, I don't think they should see this film. Yeah, I don't. I think people that need. I think the people that. But like, you I say think, that. I think. Look at you and me right now. Look at the room we're in. Yeah, yeah. We are heavily influenced by films. We are. But what I would say is, that, you know no, but none of it. Neither of us sort of base our sort of political or social beliefs on the way this is this is part of the conversation that I was going to have when we were saying about 
so to sort of pull back the curtain, we'd planned an episode that we were going to talk about all the Jokers leading up to this. Yeah. And then compare this one. Uh, and that's all out the window. But one of the things I was going to say, like the messages that you get from like, for example, um, like the killing joke, yeah. for example, is that the Joker believes that one bad day can cause anybody to change. Yeah. Which is like, it's just, which is an influence and people are like, huh. But then what happens in that is you see somebody with strength of character push on past that. So, but when we, and then saying about like the, the Jack Nicholson Joker is, is a cartoon. Yeah. The, um, the killing joke is a cartoon. There is a stronger message there. It's yeah. less readily available in the animation than it is in the book. Yeah. But then when you get to someone like Heath Ledger's character, so Heath Ledger's character inspired this generation of people that to be like um, agents of chaos. Yeah. Which I think is clever because that is that does inspire a generation to be slightly offbeat and slightly different and to sort of go against the grain. Yeah. And why so serious and stuff like that. But the difference with this is this is we are in a very troubling time yeah. for somebody like this to be perpetuated as a hero. Yeah, and but that's the thing, like I don't know it to, for them to for people to watch it and see him as a hero, like that it would be that like you say, that would be troubling for me. I don't see him as a hero at the yeah. end of this movie, but there are people who would exactly and that's scary. And, and that's like, what I mean, is <clears throat> if somebody has that imbalance in them where they're gonna look at this person or they would readily look at a character in a film or be influenced in the media in such a way that, um, like, would, I don't know, it's difficult to say. because like, with And this is not me getting too hard into, like, the hypodermic needle theory, like, mm. with the, the kids from Columbine who were influenced by The Matrix yeah, or yeah. whatever, or the child's play killers that... Or any of that, mm. but what I would say is that there is a there is quite a troubling message for something so celebrated, and I don't think that it it's difficult to say that if somebody is having a bit of a crisis of confidence in their life, yeah, to go and see this film and be like, you know what I'm gonna do, yeah, I yeah. think that's where sort of the existence is a bit sort of but tricky like, for me. I feel like at the same time, it's like it's an important. They raise some important points, and it's they a, do it, like in the, for a lot of people. I think it could be a wake up call mm-hmm. for when if you're tapping into what they're talking about, and from a societal point of view, like it. I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's like the Joker's last sort of declaration that he says, mm. or the joke with the punchline. And, yeah, you know, we'll get to it after the spoilers, but that should be really poignant. And that is like, we've had to put dress this up as a comic book movie to get you people to come out and fucking see this. Mm-hmm. But it's really fucking important. Mm-hmm. Don't cut funding for mental health. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, that yeah. kind of shit. And it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, okay. But at the same time, it could be... It's like, do we... Are we that scared that we can't have these conversations in culture? Because with that, because our fear of... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's weird in balance. It's really, it's really mm. interesting. But like, I love that we're... In a way, I do love that we're, talk- we're talking this deeply about a movie like this. Yeah, and I think that's the importance of this film. Absolutely, yeah. That's why I think this film should be celebrated. Yeah. I think part of... There there, there are things that could have been dealt with in different ways or less glamorous ways. Mm. Um, but at the same time... Yeah, it's really tricky because yeah. it's... It's there pro- is the Hollywood side. Right, let's get in, let's call it here. Let's say spoilers now. Well, I don't know. The only thing I'd say in terms of, I think we can talk a bit more about the whole, the the jokerness of it, if you like. 
was I think my thing with it because I did go back and watch some of the Joker stuff. So I did watch eighty nine, mm-hmm. I did watch the Dark Knight, and I did watch the Killing Joke. Yeah. And I suppose the thing that's missing for it for me, and I kept thinking as I was watching them, I kept sort of thinking to myself, I don't know if the Joker as a character works without Batman. Yeah. I think that's the point. They're meant to be yin and yang. They're meant to yeah. be back and forth. And the point with the Joker is he's always trying to hold a mirror up to society and prove a point. He's always trying to prove that. So even in the Jack Nicholson one, as as basic as he was, he had this whole thing where he was killing people using the cosmetics. Yeah. And at the end, he was dumping money on the crowd and everyone was just going for the money. Yeah. No one cared about the fact that he was a killer. No. And they made this one little passing reference to it. They said, look, take pictures. Look, Gotham's greed. They don't give a shit that he's been yeah. killing people. And then, again, in Dark Knight, he says, if you kill this lawyer, I'll spare you. And then everyone just turns into a killer immediately. Yeah. And that's his point. And then, again, in The Killing Joke, like you just said, his point is that anyone can go from a bad day. And he's trying to manipulate society to get mm-hmm. to that point. Whereas in this, in Joker, society's already there. Yeah. And they're all on his side already. Yeah. And he's just one in the crowd. Like, literally, like, it took, it took, like he's the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. But he's like, they're all already, like, they immediately jump on it and they're already with him. And he's part of this crowd for, of people dressed as clowns and they're all with him already. And it's like, well, that's kind of not the point of him. He's meant to be, he's meant yeah. to be, the, like, you say, he is kind of meant to be the catalyst, but he's meant to go, he's meant to have like this disdain for society and he then decides to do something. Yeah. And, it's, and, and he does, and he makes some sort of public declaration, which was kind of what I was thought they were going to be building to. Yeah. I thought that he was going to be... And then it would be a rallying cry and then everything would kick off. And But the difference would is always in the other movies, Batman stops him or proves him wrong. Yeah. Like the point of all those movies, like Dark Knight, Joker tries to get the two two boats to blow one each other, each other up. Yeah. And Batman and the people of Gotham prove that, no, we're not all monsters. Yeah. We're not all like you. The killing joke, as you just said, proves that, no, Gordon is strong enough to not yeah. lose his mind. But this movie didn't have that. No. This movie just went, yeah, you're right. We're all fucked. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not fucking good then, is it? Mm-hmm. Like, like, in a way, it's really dark and like the bad guy wins. I and mean, you and I both love the bad guy wins. But mm. because this felt so real and so like, like scary, genuinely yeah. scary. Yeah. Because this feels like something that could happen. Yeah. This is, this is, and I, I don't mean this in with, in, with any sense of hyperbole. This is a radicalist white man yeah that is blaming his issues on big corporations on lack of social care and on other people and that's not to say those things aren't to blame in some Th- ways that's like, not saying lack that. of social care and things like, like that i think there are these problems. are incredibly important yeah exactly as somebody so as both of us there. have had you know i'm sorry sorry to speak for you if you no, no, we, no, can, no, we can edit yeah, this out we, but no, we've we've had our own We've both had our own sort of share of mental health issues. And it's it's incredibly important to have that service available to mm. people because it makes it, it helps people and it heals people. And the message that they've lent on in this is that the city has cut funding, so which is one thing that pushes him off. And he's like, well, where am I going to get my medication now? Yeah, but they really they lay into that big time. Yeah. When the, the therapist turns around to him and says, no one gives a shit about you. They don't give a shit about me either. I'm yeah. like, you're laying it on a bit thick Yeah, there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you wouldn't say that to a mentally disturbed fucking no. bloke. Who's a just guy t- who you're looking through this joke book slash journal, yeah. which has got graffitied 
pornographic images in there that have been written on and drawn on and like he was literally just anecdote dose. just thirty seconds ago talking about how he wasn't sure he existed until yeah. recently, and like, and now you're gonna go, no one gives a shit about you. Like, that's yeah. the worst therapist I've ever seen. Yeah, that's almost as bad as the therapist from the um, from the Departed, who just shags Leonardo DiCaprio and gives him drugs when he asks for them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's yeah it's that's what I mean. But from, from, from like a comic book you know fan, which I would consider myself and a Batman fan and all the rest of it. I feel like this doesn't work and the Joker as a character doesn't work without no. having his antithesis. No. And, that's... and also one of the, one of the strengths of the Joker is that, and what, and like you say about this an- antithesis of the Joker versus Batman. And the, one of the reasons that I think one of the more definitive reasons about the Joker in the dark Knight mm. being so strong is that his backstory is so ambiguous. Yeah. Whereas in, 89 yeah it's it's laid out it's like he's a mobster this is what he does it's driven him crazy yeah in the dark knight it's like it could be this or 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 it could be none of it i'd prefer not to know yeah because in the comics there is no definitive even the closest we get to a definitive one is the killing joke and then even then at the very end of the killing joke he goes Sometimes I remember it one way. Sometimes I remember it another way. And then yeah. you start questioning everything you just read. Yeah. You know, I don't even know if any of that was real or not. The, <laughs> the killing joke isn't definitively canon either. No, it's a one shot. Like this. This is a one shot. Yeah. But also, um, Alan Moore and Grant Morrison wrote that with the intent that Batman killed the Joker at the end. Mm. Because that was the point of this book, is that this after this one bad day, anyone can change. Yeah. And there was this ambiguity around Batman killing him. Whereas in this, there is sympathy for him. Mm. And you're supposed to sympathise with him because he's the protagonist of a film you're supposed to watch. I feel like, yeah. There isn't any sort of like intelligent layering of that. This is how films work. You're sitting there, you're watching him and you're going, oh, that's really awful. Oh, no, this is the thing that's happening now. I I don't know about that because I think you start off like that in terms of feeling sympathy for him. Like when the title card comes up is after he's just been beaten on the street by a bunch of dudes. That hundred percent sympathy, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's kind. Of, it's a similar thing to like um, Walter White and Breaking Bad, but boiled down into a two-hour movie. Yeah, it's like there will, different people have different points where they stop having sympathy for him, mm. and there will come. There will be one of the acts of violence, essentially, mm. and it won't necessarily be the. I don't think it's going to be the first one, no, because of what the nature of that one is. It might be the second one, might be the third. But at some point, you will turn on him, or most normal people should. I would mm-hmm. hope. Because, <laughs> so, like, there's no doubt that, like, most people are the same with Walter White. Like, by the time you get to the end of it, he's a bad guy. Like, yeah. he abuses his, his children and his wife and does some horrible, heinous things to innocent people. Yeah. And most people, he's an anti... Well, he's an anti-hero, I guess. But at uh, the same time, yeah. you have that problematic thing of, if he's the protagonist, then film law dictates that I must sympathise and be behind him in some way. Yeah. And it's like, that's problematic in this. Mm-hmm. But like I say, I feel like there are mo- there are a couple of scenes in this where you just go, "All right, you're gone now." Yeah, I'm not even more now. I'm watching a serial killer movie. Yeah, and you're the fucking vi- you're the villain. Yeah, and that and is that's... compelling to watch because of the performance and because of what it is. But I'm not rooting for you. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like... At any point in this, I was waiting for him, and this is again, this is like something that I want to go back to. At any point, I was waiting, probably from about Act Two onwards. I was like. I want this guy to get help. He needs to be institutionalised to get serious help. Hmm. 
He's not getting that because the services have been cut, because of this, because of that, because of this. So we're going to see how this plays out. And this is like a worst case scenario, like I say, of a radicalised guy against a modern society that um, that sort of really kicks the underdog. Mm. And But that's what I mean. Like, But when you get to the end of the film, are we spoilering? I think, I think now we should call spoilers. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. With some reservations, yeah. As we've discussed, I would recommend. I would say you should go and see this. Yeah. I think you should temper your expectations in terms of expecting it to be a comic book movie. Yeah. Um, or a you know a origin story or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's much more serious than that. It's much darker than that. Yeah. And it's an it's like an Oscar movie with this window dressing of being a comic book. Movie, yeah. Which I feel like is kind of problematic in a way, but at the same time, it makes people go and see it. So. Yeah, I, I'm really conflicted about it. I feel like, but like this is going to be something that's going to be talked about for years. This movie. Oh yeah, for sure. And even amongst us, and we'll probably revisit it when we come to sort of review the year, and we might have a completely different opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to watch it again. Oh yeah, me too. I think I'm definitely going to be going again because I was week. pretty transfixed by this film. Oh yeah, me too. I was completely in, mm. and now knowing what it is, and it's similar to what I said about um, Ad Astra last yeah. week. I had certain expectations for what I thought they were going to go with it. Mm. And now that I know that's not the case, I can settle into it and absorb it more. Yeah. So I feel like this is definitely worth a, a second viewing. Um, I'm going to try to go again this week, but fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, again, anyway. like I say, I would say from purely from a, a filmic standpoint, I would highly recommend this film. Yeah. From a technical construction perspective, from mm. a cine, any sort of cinematic way, you should definitely see this film. I would also suggest that if you are in a difficult place mentally, avoid it mm. for now. Yeah. Visit it when you're feeling better. It's like Taxi Driver. It's like it's like a lot of these really dark, quite disturbing films. They should be avoided when you're at your sort of worst. Yeah. Because I can see how films like this would have an influence on people mm. in sort of tough situations. Yeah, I think, yeah. If yeah. you're feeling very comfortable and very chipper with with the way things are, go and see this film. If you are able to make that separation, go and see this film. If you're feeling fragile, don't. <laughs> Look after yourself. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, spoilers. Well, where to start? The Jesus end? Christ. I mean, yeah, the end. The, the end for me. Um, the fact that right at the very end, the very, very end, we are now on board with the guy who's now breaking out because you're like, oh, this is okay. He's breaking out. And why has he got bloody footprints? Because, oh, he's clearly just killed this woman <laughs> or at least very seriously yeah. attacked her. But we're but it sort of puts a comedic light on it because you see him, the comedy running past the yeah. corridor sort of situation. Yeah. That was the, that, and that is the closing scene of this film. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons I found it so troubling. I, d- I don't know if that is for me, the the thing that stuck with me was the scene just before that, where he's being literally, he's on top of a he's cop. He's being car heralded as this messiah. Exactly. He's like the fucking, yeah, that yeah. was as scary for me, if not yeah. more so. That was just like, what the fuck? That's not yeah. cool. 
Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Whilst it's being intercut with the death of the Waynes. Yeah. It's like... Because, and you're, and this, this film narratively leads us to dislike the Waynes. Yeah. And for when this to happen, we're at the point and you're like, well, that's what you get, Thomas Wayne, for yeah. being a prick and calling the public clowns. Yeah. Well... But it, but like I I feel like it, there is a really interesting point that because like ah, fuck it, like there are so many interesting things like the way the way they depict Thomas Wayne is not this saint but like this kind of he's got this arrogant condescending mm. like sort of I'm helping the little people and bringing them yeah. back out of poverty and it's like to be honest he's not a million miles away from like the Batman Begins. Thomas no. Wayne, who was, yeah, I'm going to build a public transportation system to help all these unfortunate people. And, like, look at me, the benevolent guy's like, yeah, you, you're a bit of a cock. Yeah. Like, so it's not, a, it's not a complete stretch. No. And he's just seen it from a slightly different point of view. And then they, they just push it a little bit further for the purposes of this movie. And it's like, okay, that's cool. I can't, I kind of get that. I can yeah. get on board with that. Um, but there are elements where, yeah, I was like, and I've said this from the Joker's point of view and from Thomas Wayne. It didn't need to be. No, it didn't need to be. Uh, it didn't. It could have been set in our world with our problems and just and different characters and different fucking you know mm-hmm. settings. And it would have been. I think it would have been more powerful. But I feel like it wouldn't have got. No one would have gone and seen it. Yeah, because this then sets up if if this exists in the world where Batman, where we've seen Batman's origin story. Mm. And it feels it feels reductive to talk about this film in the same way as it being a Batman origin story. Yeah, that's my point. Is like, but like, I feel like that is almost that's like them or their comment on us as the viewers. Yeah, like you and I, would we have gone out and watched this movie if it wasn't a Batman movie? Do you know what I mean? Well, the chances are you and I, probably you and I, would maybe, have. <laughs> maybe. But even then, though, would like, but it would have been a, like it, again. It would have been like a Netflix or an Amazon Prime or yeah. a Film Four thing. Maybe, it would yeah. have been something like um, Tyrannosaur or Journeyman or something yeah. that's like an independent film that's been made. Again, like going like back pe- to it, you would pe- never really hear. But people would have celebrated it as being, this is such an important film for our times because it talks about disaffected people in yeah. society and how and how we create these sh- shooters in America, basically. Exactly. And how, and how that... This is... How society makes them happen. And it's not like a... But the problem with this is that it makes him out to be some sort of hero. Yeah, it does. It's got this metatextual narrative that supports him. Not even metatextual. It's right there. He's literally pulled out of the wreck of a police car mm. Yeah, that he's being saved by a criminal in a mask who have directly attacked the police. They've pulled this guy out, put him there, and they're all cheering on him to rise up. But And the reason that what, he cheer, what they're cheering is him going on television and killing a... TV host. Yeah. That's what they're cheering. It's yeah. not like he... Like I was expect, Like I said, I kept expecting, because I kept seeing that in the trailers and stuff, they were going to bring him on to this talk show. Mm-hmm. And I was like... And that scene was fucking electric, to be fair. That, Holy that shit. Scene was, that scene was unbelievable. Really, really frightening. It was frightening, but it was just... It was so real, and you could yeah. feel the fucking pin drop. It was just and like... this is like... Joaquin Phoenix is incredible yeah. in this. And, even, and to be fair, and for like De Niro... Mm. De Niro, like, he doesn't have that much to do, but he just... No. Like, but this is a different De Niro we're seeing here. Yeah. We're seeing a whole different level. We're not seeing the fuck you, pay me De Niro from all the gangster films, like the Irishman De Niro. We're seeing a very, very different... Very straight, very... uh, 
really sort of stripped back performance. Yeah. This is, because this isn't what you would expect no. from De Niro. But he, he completely comes, sells that bit that late night talk show host. He works it perfectly. Doesn't he? Like the way he like the way he cracks jokes, the way he does his little opening monologue is like you have been doing this for years. Why have yeah. you not been doing this? Yeah. This is great. And it just reminds you what how much of a fucking good actor Rob De Niro is. He is. He's he incredible. Just, yeah, yeah. Fucking and, and yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like that whole scene is fucking electric. But I was what I was expecting from that, like I said, that was gonna be the rallying cry and he was gonna make some sort of statement mm-hmm. about how it's all a joke. Like his whole thing about, you know, the, the killing joke type thing was like, Do you not understand that none of this matters? Yeah. Do you not understand that like all this this bullshit and and again it comes back to like the Dark Knight or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Where he just goes, look, you people like don't you people understand that it's all a, it's all a joke? None of it. It's like all like the comedian from fucking yeah. um, Watchmen. Yeah, something like that. And then that would be the thing that made people start with. But that's not what he was. No, they didn't do that. He again, but what he did say was this really fucking scary political statement where he lit and he lays it out in fucking flat terms. He goes, "What do you get?" when you cross a mentally disturbed individual with a society who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You get what you fucking deserve, pulls a gun and shoots the guy in the head. Yeah. It's like, fuck me. Yeah. That's, and it was at that, that point that I was like, this film has a problem yeah. for me. Well, like, it's, it's, it's really difficult because that is a very, very fucking powerful statement. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's, it's very in your face. And it's in your face and it makes people go, fuck. And it's and it makes it go, there's no ambiguity about what we're trying to say here is that this is, we're talking, this is a film about how these pe- things are created, these yeah. mass shooters and why there's a problem and yeah. why it's a problem within society, not just a bunch of random nutbags. Is that we don't, if we look after these people properly, this wouldn't happen as often. Yeah. And he's making that point, which is a fucking important point to make. And it and is incredibly important. It's incredibly important, isn't it? And it's a point that should be made, and it should be made in the... And this is, like, the biggest platform you can do that on. Yeah. In a big blockbuster fucking... Controversial. Com- controversial comic book movie that everyone's going to go and see and everyone's yeah. going to talk about. But at the same time, like, say... Yeah. But, like, I, I feel like because they... But this is the same point that I had, I had with, I have with V for Vendetta, is that... This is like V Vendetta was perpetuating or supporting a terrorist act. Yeah. Like yes, it was a, a an act of domestic terrorism on a tyrannical government, but it's still encouraging a terrorist act of blowing up government. Mm. And you're like, okay, I get that to an extent. I get that you feel powerful that you can bring down this tyranny. Mm. But don't celebrate it in that way. I, and you see everyone, you see all the people of London rise up with their mask and doing the right thing. But that would be a more powerful message than explosions. Whereas this and the message being delivered, it, that's what I find so troublesome is that how can you deliver that message without having the gunshot? Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. It, it is difficult because it's like, it's, where, does, where does the line get drawn? Does it, do, you, do you know what I mean? In terms of like you say feeling powerful because of the, of the idea of rising up and taking down the system, like, or yeah. taking down the establishment. That's why the original Star Wars worked. Yeah. This is a bunch of ragtag rebels who blew up the Death Star. Yeah. But when you transpose that into real world and it's a bunch of guys wearing Viva Vendetta masks blowing up the Houses of Parliament. Yeah. 
is that not a, do you know what I mean? But, but, but then when, if they're both like fictionalized worlds, yeah. Then what's the difference? Yeah. The difference is one of them's closer to the real world. Yeah. But also one of them is destroying a weapon, weapon of mass destruction. And yeah, one of no, them but... is, one of them is, is blowing up. I'd argue that a... the, the House of Parliament are a weapon of mass destruction. Okay. <laughs> I mean, my eyes are open, man. Come on. All right, you're so woke. I'm you so can, fucking go and get woke. your little clown mask and go. I on. am, as the kids say, awake. Yeah, <laughs> awaked. Um, but but that's what I mean is that this, and I don't have an answer for this. No. That's like, what that's what the thing because I normally will fall one side or the other and be fairly comfortable with my opinion on this. I this is what's so powerful and this is what I think deserves why this film deserves so much acclaim and so much praise. Yeah. It's because there are points in there and you're like, fuck, they are making a good message, but it is really hard to accept. Yeah. It's real, but like, I th- but you know what the hardest fucking thing is to, to accept on this? This guy, what is he known for directing? The fucking hangover. Yeah, Todd and Phillips. then he makes this. Yeah. Todd Phillips, director of the hangover three. And then he makes and you're this. Like, the hangover, <laughs> which is the broiest of bro movies. Of all Brodom. Yeah. And then this. I think yeah, I did feel a little bit of that toward in Joker's speech when he was talking at the end about talking about what is and what isn't funny. Yeah. You decide because he made that joke about, oh yeah, your son got hit by a car and he's dead. Yeah. And that's something that Todd Phillips has been coming out in the press recently saying that it's impossible to make a comedy in woke culture now. Oh. Because he feels like he, well, he feels like he can't possibly make a joke without someone being offended. And he's making some. He's being a bit. I'm like, you're kind of a worrying person. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like the SNL guy that was booted off recently, and yeah, Bill Burr and Jim Jeffries were like, "Oh, well, you're going to go back 15 years and talk about everyone else?" And you're like, yeah. "Well, no, you can go back a year." Yeah, I, yeah one I, year. That reason that that guy got fucking chucked off <sighs> because he did it a year ago, and it's like I, I kind of. Yeah, I, it's this weird. I can. I'm worried that. Like, I guess it's a little bit like what we talked about with Rambo. Yeah, like Rambo a couple of weeks ago. That is like a rallying cry for the fucking take up arms and fucking fight the Mexicans. Fight the Mexicans. But this is like fight the rich people. Yeah, fight society. Fight, and it's mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And this is this is one thing that film. I'm finding is <laughs> that, you know, we are living in this sort of increasingly divisive world, and we are living in the world of sort of populism is the most important thing in politics nowadays because algorithmically you can get told what you like and dislike Mm. because the computer knows and can make that connection for you but by having these films that are going to slide you down one way or another you think in three weeks what we've seen we've seen this hard very anti- Sort of, you coming onto my land, on my porch, yeah. with my guns, and then you've got this, which is literally it's emblazoned across newspapers, which is kill the rich. Throughout this entire film, and it's making sort of contextual jokes around, oh, you can't can't make a joke about that anymore, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. It's, yeah, it's just called not being a cunt, you know, really. A lot of the time. Yeah, and I don't know, because I feel like part of it is like they they lampshade things. Like so that so that joke that he tells about the kids being kid by yeah. like there's no ambiguity in that, to be fair. There's no. not like, it's not like it's a family guy joke that's a bit ooh, that's not yeah. funny. No, that's just that no one would find that funny because it's it's just yeah. not a funny joke. That's it's just, not that's that's not that's not how jokes work. No. And so it's not like it's a 
oh, it's a little bit politically insensitive or it's slightly racist or anything like that and go, oh, mm. you can't say anything these days. No, it's not that. It's just not funny. Yeah. Like, objectively not funny. So I feel like that's kind of good in a way because it means he's not taking the side in terms of saying that. Yeah. Oh, you can't take tell a controversial joke these days. Fucking hell. That's not what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And the same with the, the fact that they make such a massive point and so much of this film is about mental health. Yeah. And the fact that he says that in his statement at yeah. the end makes a big point. He says, look, this is what happens when you get a mentally unstable person and and he makes that point rather than... Who has what, withdrawal from all his sort of... his therapy and medication and then has this cavalcade of other things that land yeah. on top of that. Um, yeah, and but the fact that they lampshade that and they say, look, this is the, the causing... But they don't do away with it when it suits them. Because what I was kind of worried about, I guess, is that they go mental health, mental health, mental health, go and see that. And then the, there'll become a point where he just clicks, puts the Joker makeup on, starts talking in a high-pitched voice, mm-hmm. and that's it. And never the, the subject of mental health never gets raised again. Yeah. But instead, he, because he stays Arthur, essentially, yeah. in that final sequence, he's still talking about mental health, and he's still, yeah. he's still like eloquent. Yeah. You know, he's not just the crazy crown prince of crime. He's still quite, he still makes his point, and he's still yeah. quite, yeah. Fuck, and it's like, like and, and, and yeah, it gets to the final scene where he's in the asylum, yeah, and he starts laughing, and she says, "Oh, would you like to share the joke?" Oh, you wouldn't get it, and then it cuts away, and, and bloody loose. footprints. Well, no, I, I thought it was the you wouldn't get it, and they cut away, and you, it's the shot oh, yeah. of Bruce with his parents, yeah, because I think the joke is because of all this, I've created the one thing that's gonna be able to stop all yeah. this. Like it's it's this like yeah cyclical thing of I've created this crazy fucked up society. The Gotham is now an absolute state and it's chaos. Yeah, and it's going to fall further and further into this black pit until twenty years time, this kid rises up and becomes Batman mm-hmm. and starts to fix things. But that's only because it's like this self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, which is cool. And I kind in a way I kind of wish that this would be like this. They could say, oh yeah, this is going to be the origin story for Robert Pattinson. There is a part of me that can see it I because see it, it would work out structurally from sort of the timeline. Timeline wise. Because then, this is what, 70s? It seems like the 70s, but they never really confirm when it is. Because then they've already suggested that Pattinson's Batman's going to be in the 90s. Maybe. So it would make sense that he was, what, eight or nine yeah. there 20 years later and he's at peak or early sort of strong Batman after yeah. doing all these years and years of training away. But this is the, like, but let's see Gotham, this Gotham that we saw fucking blow itself up. Yeah. 20 years later, how much worse is it going to be? Yeah. And that and having this Joker as that genesis of this superhero story would be great, but it's the fact that it's layered with this such heavy messaging of mental health. Yeah. I could see it being like, we we never see the Joker again for ages throughout all of like um, Pattinson's trilogy. And then you might get a, um, like, you know, in The Dark Knight Returns, mm. when you just, he's been catatonic for years in Arkham. Yeah. In a straight jacket. And it's like in a, in a post-credit scene, and you just see he's whacking Phoenix. Yeah. <sighs> but then would that not invalidate the performance of this by us? Like we were saying about the sort of the reductive nature. No, of... I feel like, I, like, part of, like, that's not me sort of fanboying and wanting it to be yeah. something like that. But I, at the same time, I don't want any of that. I want this to be a complete one shot. Yep. That has nothing to do with anything, mm-hmm. and that's part of why I'd like in in an ideal world. I wish they hadn't even done the Bruce. There Wayne is a, there death. is a Brian um, Brian Azzarello and uh, uh, Batman story. 
uh, Joker story. It's about the Joker coming out and about him going on this rampage around Gotham. Yeah. Which could work as a sequel to this. You know, yeah. because it could, and it does, it does sort of contextualise a lot of the stuff. Like Killer Croc is a guy, it's just a very muscular guy with this horrible skin condition. And Killer Croc is a nickname. He's not just a fucking great lizard. Yeah. And that he has filed his teeth into points and does eat human flesh to frighten people. Yeah, that sounds cool, but I want a giant fucking lizard. What, like the guy that sort of does the little wiggly walk no, not in him. Suicide want, Squad? No, fuck that guy. I want um, Reese fans. Okay. <laughs> I want that lizard. <laughs> oh, with a giant smiley face that's a massive jaw but weird lips. Well, the, goob- the goober. From... The goomba. The, go- the goomba yeah. from <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers, the movie. <laughs> But yeah, I think yeah, I don't know how much I can say about this. This is a spectacular film. There are and like there are so many ups and downs. Like Endless the, discussion. Yeah, for but there this. are so many intricacies within the plot of it. Like there's this whole sequence where it becomes about Arthur's parentage. Yeah. And at one point, I was like, "Oh fuck! Please don't let that be it." Yeah. Please don't let that be it because there was a point where you basically you find out that Arthur's mother is like obsessed with Thomas Wayne. She keeps yeah. going on about Thomas Wayne. Wants to write letters to him. He reads one of them and he finds out that. She believes that he is Thomas Wayne's illegitimate son. Yeah. I'm like, if they turn around now and tell, try and tell me that the Joker and Batman are half brothers, fuck you. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, like, I know this is a one shot and it's like, it's not in canon or anything like that, but I'm just like, no, fuck off. No, yeah. I hate that. <laughs> That's awful. Don't do that. And gladly they didn't do that mm. um, because it turned out that it was one of her delusions which again was seeded perfectly in the film but also like then it it goes back to that because he looks at the photo at the end and on the back of it yeah it says love that smile tw yeah and you're like okay there is some ambiguity there but if we're led to believe that sort of the focus of this film is on mental health disorders then did she write that herself is there something that's gone in there like they and then they have the sequence where there's her, uh, the younger version of his mother being interviewed, and, yeah. like, and he and there's a guy laying out evidence, Pete, and like, yeah, your boyfriend beat you yeah. and your son, and he was found chained to a radiator. Yeah, but even that is like, is that in Arthur's head? Yeah, is he or is that? But but at the same time, he's reading a file. Yeah, so that's real, right? I don't know. But then <laughs> his mum is questioning it, saying, "Oh, this is something that Thomas has done," and that so it would be interesting to see this sort of like grey area that you'll get from Thomas Wayne yeah. but at the same time it's so troublesome like, and, but then, and then we haven't even talked about the whole Zazzy Beats element yeah which is a whole other fucking thing that's a whole different thing that that is also troubling like, it's I'm, very troubling I'm like the scary like there are points in this where I sort of I, I do that and I just oh no that's not good no and it's when like after he's committed his first murders he then goes round to her place yeah and just like grabs her and kisses her and like he suddenly he's like sexually awakened and he can he can be yeah. with the girl because yeah. before he was like pretending to be dancing in a club and talking to a girl and he doesn't know how to talk to a girl yeah and then once he's murdered people then he can he's got his yeah. confidence back and it's like that's really fucking troubling yeah it's the hyper masculinism that's not of cool. violence that's like oh no well, now, now that you've killed people now you're a man and you know how to talk to a woman yeah I'm like that's really fucked up mm-hmm. let's not let's not do that no let's not do that um, but yeah but then that kind of sort of interestingly it does sort of deal in one way and the next it sort of starts quite troublesome and then it goes through and you're like okay they are developing this relationship 
and then you realise that it's just nah, it's just not. that's just a fa- like a fantasy of his. That they were never developed, yeah, exactly. and that they've never had this relationship. I did start thinking that because it like I, I was thinking that as it was happening because I was like, has she spoken to anyone else? Yeah, like she hasn't interacted with anyone else in this film apart from him. And I'm yeah. just like, I feel like this is going to end up being all in his head. And yeah. It was. Um, yeah, but then that does, you did get that that fucking terrifying scene when he's in her apartment. Where he just walks into her apartment. Yeah, and they don't show what he does. No, but I can only assume that he murdered her and her child. I would rather not even think about it. But the fact that that again that was another turning point for me. That was a point where after he's walking down that corridor after that, I'm like, there's no sympathy anymore. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I can see, I can see why this has happened. Yeah, but I, but that doesn't mean I accept it and like, I'm okay with you as a character. Yeah. I'm like, right then, you know, you're gone now. And then that's a further exacerbated when his friends come around to check on him and he fucking murders them. Or yeah. He murders one of them and lets one of them go. Yeah. Cause you were the only one that was ever nice to me. But then but I don't that, know, what, again, what these all, these, a lot of this stuff all feels like fantasy behavior. This all feels like somebody that's got this fantasist outreach in their own mind. It feels like there's somebody that's there. That's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get that bully, the guy that was mean to me, and I'm going to kill him, but I'm going to let that go because he was the one nice person. But then the- this all goes back to this shooter culture. Yeah. And it it's frustrating because it's such an intelligent and such a powerful message, but it feels so invalidated by the fact that we are having him as this messianic figure at the end. Mm. That's the thing that I find if, the well, hardest I don't part know, to I, take. I suppose, I don't know, it's, it's weird because they, can't, they, like you said, they go back and forth on it. Like, on one hand, like they made it, like you say, messianic, I was like, oh, when it cut to black, I was like, please don't let that be the end. Yeah. Because then it's like he wins and like, how great is he? But then it cut to him being in prison. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank fuck. There are consequences to his actions. He's locked up. They've, there's some sort of law and order being restored. Yeah. And then they went back again and then they had him yeah. kill the woman and escape. And I'm just like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to yeah. believe anymore. Yeah. And it, and it fits in with the character because there are, in the comic books, there are these people that are attracted to the Joker. Yeah. And that even in life now, there are people that, like we say, that go around and they're like, I'm an anarchist yeah. and I paint my hair green and wear the Joker makeup and wear a long purple coat and tell people why so serious and I'm really edgy. And you're like, first of all, shut up, you know, <laughs> no one cares. Like, honestly, you're not that important. We're all, everybody is doing their own life. I'm sorry. Get help. But at the same time, like, there are people out there that are genuinely very dangerous, like like Arthur Fleck. So, and it feels, I don't know, it feels, like I said, the messaging is, I still, uh, that's the thing that's going to sit with me for a while. Yeah. And I think, like I said, when we get in two months' time, two and a half months' time, when we come to do like our roundup of the end of the year, I think it'll be, I think, having time to sort of think on this well yeah. is going to be quite important i really want to sort of us to have another chat about this after you because you've seen it again yeah yeah I'm, I'm yeah yeah <sighs> fuck <laughs> but yeah i think that kind of wraps it up because as with the film like neither of us have got a particularly concrete opinion on this and no we do I, there is I, a troublesome message other than the, the, this technically this is a spectacular film yeah like the like in a way i'm just i'm 
I love it in a way because it prompts the discussion like this. Yeah. That in and of itself is worth merit. Yeah. And like and makes it one of the most you know, I don't want to say best, but one of the most interesting and complex comic book movies mm-hmm. that has ever been made. Well yeah, it's it's um, genre breaking because it isn't the fact that it's a comic book movie, it's it's I don't know. My, it's to difficult my, to say because it's transcending that label. To the point where I don't think it even should be. I no. feel like they shouldn't have been. They should have made it as something else. But like we've, as we've talked about a couple of times now, it wouldn't have got the platform that it's got. No. So it's kind of, yeah. But on that level, I'd love it. Mm-hmm. But with reservations, as we yeah. talked about. Um and we'll have to, yeah, we have to revisit it. <laughs> We're going to have to come back to it and talk about it yeah. um, at the end of the year. or Yeah, maybe we'll do an interstitial episode. Yeah, we'll do a, a bit the, further down the, the line. The Joker revisited. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, it is a lot more complicated than being able to talk about it half an hour after we finished. No, yeah. And, it's, and it will stick with you. One way or another, either, yeah. either you'll be you'll, it'll stick with you because you'll be disappointed and bored, <laughs> yeah, or, or it will stick with you because you're affected by what the fuck you just saw, yeah. Um, and I I've definitely fallen into the second category, yeah. Um, and that's largely to do with performance and the way it's directed and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It is, <sighs> yeah. Like I said, from a technical standpoint, I absolutely salute this film, mm. but from a messaging standpoint. Giving it a bit of a perplexed look, yeah. look of concern. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. So, what was uh, next? Is um, I we've think got a bit of a mystery, haven't we? Yeah, I think we've we got do... a, a bit of a busy schedule timeline. So it's going to yeah, be... we haven't. We need to sort that out of it. Um, but we there are a couple of things coming up. One of which is Zombieland Two. Yep. Um, and we'll talk about probably Zombieland, the original, and then the new one. Um, and the other thing that's coming up, which could be an interesting conversation, is uh, The Day Shall Come. Yes. Which is the new Chris Morris movie. Yeah. Um, Again, so, very, very divisive. Yeah, very, very divisive. But interesting. It's, yeah, political satire. It will mm. be funny, but it will be, like, controversial. Mm. Um, if you, if anyone's ever seen uh, Four Lines, which I think... Do we watch that together? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a bit of a semi-remake of that. Um, kind of, yeah. Because like, it's about, it's about a, a bunch of would-be terrorists who are crap at being terrorists and cause a massive international incident by accident. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, and, that, and that's pretty much it. But the difference with it, Four Lines was set in the UK and was a bunch of UK terrorists, There's, The Day Shall Come is the American version of that. Yeah. So it's the CIA are involved and it's fucked. Um, so we might potentially try and see that and watch that. Um, and then also Zombieland. Yeah. Which will be a lot more chilled out <laughs> and fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. We've got some good stuff coming up. Um, and let us know what you think about the Joker. Yeah, please do. Um, because this is such a big one to get into and debate and talk about. And I feel like we're going to have to keep coming back to it because of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more sort of people have seen it, the more we can talk about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. No, it's brilliant. Yeah. So um, yeah, let us know. Um, give us a rate and review on iTunes if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can find us on the social medias. Yeah, so if you Instagram, think... Facebook, Twitter. What we're doing, we're actually, we're running a poll this week uh, based on this episode. So basically, if prior to this movie, your favourite um, Joker was Jack Nicholson, yeah, 
uh, then you have to give us a five star review. Yeah. And if your favourite Joker up to this point was Heath Ledger, then you have to give us a five star review. Yeah. On iTunes. Um, and if your favourite Joker up to this it's point was Mark Jared, Hamill. Mark Hamill. And that's also that's um, a five star review. Five star review. Now, if your favourite Joker up to this point was Jared Leto, then fuck off and don't <laughs> listen to my podcast anymore. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Also, you can email us at theoncastpod <laughs> at gmail.com and uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Unless you really like Jared Leto, in which case, go fuck yourself. Fucking Jared Leto. <sighs>like a hundred burpees at that point. And what did I see that Kemi going? It was a man with a dog. And I said, hi. And he said, hello. I said, can I stray dog? And he said, yeah. Are you with this mad lot? I was like, yep. I just need a little pep. And then I said hello to a dog. It was lovely. Very good. I like the post credit scene in Joker with Ace the Bat Hound. Ah, oh, that would have been good. <laughs> that, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? That'd have been nice. Ah, <laughs> oh. oh. everything's okay. It's Ace the Bat Hound. What do, hang on, what's Crypto the Wonder or the Super Dog? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That need, that needs a dark and gritty origin story. <laughs> no, not everything needs to be dark and gritty. Just have a really nice thing about the super pets. That would be brilliant. It'd be really good. Now, but better be a cartoon. We can though, have it? Chip. Who's the Green Lantern that's a squirrel? Oh, yeah. No, because it's it wouldn't be fuck you society. No. We can have Ace, the Bat Hound, and he can be the curmudgeonly Great Dane. And he can be like, duh. He can be like Shadow from, from Homeward Bound. And in fact, I think I'm probably just going to go and watch Homeward Bound again. I'm a loner bear who don't get on with other folks. <laughs> Story of friendship with music by Randy Newman. <laughs> story by friendship with music by me. About a bear and a bunny. And the bear, the bear, the bear, the bear comes to the new family. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>